0: Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Vintuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Morning, everyone. Isn't it great to come to church on a day like this, where clouds are you got some rain, it's nice and cool in the morning, you got to put your blanket on around four o'clock, huh? It's good to see everyone this morning. Um, <laughs> There's a couple here that always matches, they're right in the front, Just gonna point the, I'm going to point it out every time I see it. <laughs> when I was in grade five, I um, ran into a little bit of trouble. Right. <clears throat> so that year, uh, I was at All Nations Christian School and the way, the way it, it works there is you work in these books called PACES and you work at your own pace, right? And so you could, you could either, at any point, you could either go ahead, so if you're working really hard, you could move on to grade six, grade seven work, or in my case, you could be doing grade four work. <laughs> and I remember, I remember um, thinking about um, this one day where my, my teacher at the time was this lady called Mrs. Dove, and uh, she said, um, I need to see your mom at the parent-teacher conference. And that just filled me with dread, because because of the whole thing of um, working at your own pace. You could be scoring great grades at a snail pace, and so to to everyone at home, it looks like you're doing well. But Mrs. Dove was like, no, you are not doing well at all. So I remember that day, parent-teacher conference, driving there and thinking, this is the end of my life. My mom will never trust me again. My mom is right in the back. I don't know if, if, if she remembers all this. But I thought my mom was going to be so disappointed. And so I remember sitting, sitting in, this, in this conference, and it's Mrs. Dove, it's my mom, and then it's me. And um, uh, as she was discussing, I remember her talking about the fact that, oh, he's behind, and he hasn't been doing well. And she says, but I know he can do better. And Miss Dove and my mom... Decided not to get mad at me and actually that day they decided to work with me And I think Mrs. dove said the next day that me and your mom said we're gonna work with you And you're gonna get a whole lot better and I remember even driving home that day and we passed by KFC on the way home to get the little ice cream the little ice cream cups So I was thinking this is this is maybe just sweetening me up thinking it's over and (laughs) then But Um, My mom and Mrs. Dove were so gracious and they were so patient. They patiently worked with me that whole year. And I actually ended that year being ahead, moving into grade 6 work. But I thought, man, my mom's never going to trust me again. Ms. Dove is going to be on my case every single day. I thought I was beyond grace in that moment. But um, my mom and Mrs. Dove just showed me the way God loves and the way God is gracious to us. And that was me in grade 5 having this crisis this is the end. I, there's no redemption for me. And you think of how, as we go on, and 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 the longer you live life, the bigger mistakes you make, right? They cost you a whole lot more. You and and even more so, you look at yourself and you think, God, am I still worth Your time? Have I gone too far? Have you ever thought that? I know I have many times. This morning we're going to be looking at a at a story, one of one of my favorite redemption stories, the story of of Peter. Now if I were to ask you, if you as you read the gospels, who do you see? What kind of a, a person is Peter as you read it? Brush? Impetuous? Good word. <laughs> Where was that? Did I hear somewhere here? Scared? Uh-huh. Anything else about our famous guy Peter? Impulsive yes? yeah this, this, this was Peter and I and I, I, I saw some of these things and, and and he is impulsive and he is scared at times and he is brush right, and impetuous as well. but it, it, it seemed to me as I was reading that that Peter amongst the disciples was the star, or maybe he felt he should be the star. Because Peter never never missed an opportunity. If there was a question asked, it's him. It's Peter was that guy in class or that girl in class. This one, <laughs> right? And the one that the teacher's like, no, no, not again, please, someone else. That was Peter, right? Peter is 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 outspoken. He's the most zealous one of the group, right? And he was the action man, right? Peter's like, I'm gonna do it. With it we see in Matthew 14 um, when Jesus is walking on the water the disciples are scared and it says in um, Matthew 14 verse 25, 26 I mean, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it's a ghost they said and they cried out in fear but immediately Jesus said to them take courage it is I don't be afraid and then Peter says Lord if it's you tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter gets out of the boat, walked down in the water, walked down on the water, came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord save me. And we know the Lord saves him, and they get back into the boat. And everything's all right. But this is this is Peter, right? He's like, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Right? This is the action man. Peter is also the, the guy who who had one of these profound moments right before he was called Satan. Peter was the one who declared that Jesus is the Messiah. When Jesus was asking them, uh, and you can read this in Matthew 16, I think it's up here as well. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea uh, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Simon Peter answers, but then he asked, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And we have this picture, um, Peter Peter says, this one statement that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, this on this truth, all of the church is built. That's what we believe. That Jesus is, is the Son of God and only He is the one who saves. And, and Peter is also part of this inner circle, is Peter, James, and John. You see them at the at the Transfiguration when, when, when Jesus just transformed into this glowing being. And, and Peter's there. And in his In his nervousness, he says, can we build you a a shelter? There's always Peter. He always has to say something. He has to do something, right? But I even see a hint of pride where Peter said, Peter, I think he believed that his faith was a little bit bit better than all the other disciples. Because as they're sitting around the table, they're, they're sharing the Passover meal, and Jesus tells them, one of you will betray me. And and they're all asking, "Who, who is it, who is it? And Peter says, rather confidently, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. And in his defense, when the people come to arrest him, Peter, action man, pulls out the sword and cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest. So in a way, he did put his money where his mouth was. But right after that, right after that as they arrest him and, and the first instance is where he's sitting around, the, uh, standing around a fire and, and one of the servant girls of the high priest says, aren't you one of his followers? And he denies. And another two times he denies. And And it's such a tragic thing to read when you read the account of Matthew that it says, that Peter remembered the words that Jesus had spoken, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times, and he went outside and he wept bitterly. There's one of the other accounts that says that Jesus looked at him, straight at him. I can't imagine what that's like. I wonder if Peter thought that this was done for him. As you, as you look back, Peter would have been there as Jesus was preaching about persecution and how blessed are you if you're persecuted. Uh, Pete, Peter would have heard When uh, in Luke chapter 12, he says, I tell you the truth, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, the Son of Man will also acknowledge in the presence of God's angels. But anyone who denies me here on earth will be denied before God's angels. For him to have heard those words, and and I wonder if in that moment as he's weeping, he's thinking, it's done for me. Jesus said, if I deny him, he'll deny me. That's eternity gone. There's no redemption for me. And you know, we, we find ourselves in the same place, maybe not directly denying him with our words, but with our actions, with how we live, how we behave. Right? Whether each day we, we get up and we say we want to glorify you or we decide on that day, it's all about me. Comes in so many, so many different forms. Maybe you think to yourself, My sin is too great. This one thing that I keep doing over and over and over again, maybe God is done with me. Maybe you say, I've made far too many mistakes. I've messed up again and again and again. And we can get so fixated on the the size of our sin that we forget how much greater God's grace is. Maybe your life is a mess right now. And you think, God can't still possibly want me. Maybe it's mistakes you've made at school, at work. Maybe your marriage is not where it should be. Maybe your relationship with your children isn't great. Maybe you have other family relationships that are falling apart. You look at yourself and you say, God, how could you still want me and want to use me? Or maybe you haven't directly, you haven't been disobeying directly. Maybe it's just being complacent. Maybe it's just not really pursuing him the way you should. Maybe it's not that you don't do the, the big bad things, but you don't follow him anymore. Maybe, maybe you've forgotten, you, you don't know what his voice sounds like anymore. Maybe every time you open the scriptures, there's nothing. Maybe when you pray, it's like your prayers hitting the ceiling. Maybe you think to yourself, I'm totally disconnected from God. But Peter's story tells, tells us um, a different thing about God's grace. Now, as we know, after the denial, Jesus was crucified and he rose from the dead. And he says he appears uh, to, to the disciples in, the, in this room, but, and this is in John chapter 20, but it, it doesn't mention any conversation between Jesus and Peter. I'm wondering if Peter's sitting in that room wondering... Has he written me off? Is he just being nice because we're around all these other disciples and followers? And then we get to John 20, 21. It says, later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon, uh, Simon Peter, Thomas, uh, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the other two disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples could not see who he was. And he called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon, Peter heard it, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had been stripped for work, and he jumped into the water and headed to shore. And others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some fish, you've just caught, Jesus said. So Peter went abroad and dragged the net to shore, and there were 153 large fish, and the net hadn't torn. Now come and have breakfast, Jesus said, and then none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them bread and fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Can you imagine what he's feeling, what he's thinking? Is he asking me this because I denied him? Is this an I told you so moment? Is this a question that he he asked me right before he says, I'm done with you. I have no place for people who deny me here. And Peter replied, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he says, feed my lambs, Jesus told. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. And he says, then take care of my sheep. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus had asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. See, what Jesus is asking Peter to do is perhaps one of the greatest tasks we have here. That the people, that, that the, there's the, the, the parable of the ninety-nine where the shepherd leaves the ninety-nine and goes and finds the one. And Jesus also talks about him being the, the good shepherd and, and him being and contrasting him to the hired shepherd who when any trouble comes, he forsakes the flock. He's saying, I'm going to trust you to disciple these people that I've drawn to myself. That's a huge task. He was saying, didn't mention anything about what what had happened before, but in there there's there's forgiveness, there's redemption, there's a handing back of purpose, a handing back of worth. I still value you exactly the same way. You are still my disciple. You messed up, but I'm still here, and I still have work for you. I have a life of incredible purpose for you. I'm not done with you. He's saying to to Peter, "Your, your sin is not greater than the grace that I have for you. I am not done with you. So I want us to think about this this morning. I don't know where you are this morning, all in different places, and I'd like for us to spend some time praying as well. But I want you to know these things. If your sin is great, God's grace is greater and God is not done with you. If you're far away from God and you think God's grace can't reach you, it can, no matter how far you go. Read Psalm 139, where he talks about even, even in the deepest of depths, Jesus is there. Highest of heights, in the, in the darkest of places, even to him, darkness is light, that he sees us where we are. No matter how far you are, God's grace can reach you and God is not done with you. If you've been inactive in your faith and you feel that's made you useless, you feel like you can't share with people, you can't pray with people, you can't encourage people, you feel like you've got no use, like a a battery that's run out, God says, I will fill you. I am not done with you. But maybe you haven't come to Christ this morning. Maybe you haven't experienced this grace. And maybe your thought process is, I'm too messed up. We all know people who, as we've shared Christ with them, they say, me, why me? And Or let me, let me straighten out my life first, and then I'll come to Christ. And then there are others that just say, I've messed up too much. I'm too far gone. This morning, if it's you, I want to tell you that there is no such thing. While we still have breath in our lungs, God's grace extends to us. Christ, in his um, incredible love for us, continues to call us to himself. But maybe this morning you're not struggling at all. And maybe you understand God's grace and you know that you're forgiven. Then it's your job to encourage. It's your job to be an ambassador of grace to go in to tell the person that you know that has messed up bad that Jesus still loves you, he forgives you, and he still has a plan for you. It's your job to encourage the person who says, I am of no use to God. Tell them, go to God, try and you'll see. God will use you, God will renew you. We are the ambassadors of his grace. Let's spend some time praying this morning. And if you'd like to pray on your own, That's great if you would like to pray with someone, um, take the time and maybe ask someone if you're struggling, I can't really pray this prayer. I don't feel like I'm worthy. Pray with me. I'm going to spend about five or six minutes praying, and then I'll close us. Jesus, thank you that um, your grace, uh, your love, and every, every facet of your goodness extends uh, past what we know and what we expect. Thank you that you are limitless in your grace, limitless in your love, limitless in your compassion. And thank you, Jesus, that even when we think we are far past gone, when we feel like we are too filthy, too far, uh, that, you, that God, your, your grace is more than enough. Jesus, thank you that um, even when we have completely messed up our lives, when we're sitting in in the pit of destruction we we have caused, that you pull us out. God, thank you that you are in the business of bringing us back to yourself. Lord, thank you that you are not afraid of our mess, that you step down into it. Uh, Thank you, Jesus, that um, for every single person that's here, you have purpose. For every single person that's here, you have love. God, we don't understand that and we don't know that, but we thank you for it. Uh, Jesus, I-, I pray that you would bring us back to you. I pray that we would go back to your word that tells us of your character, that you are loving and kind and slow to anger and compassionate. Uh, Jesus, thank you that uh, you've also called us to be a people who are gracious in the way that you were. I pray that our actions would never push anyone away or, or make them feel as if uh, they're not worthy of, of your grace. I pray that we would mirror that kind of gentle grace that you have that draws people back to yourself. God, help us to be ambassadors of your kindness. And thank you, God, that your kindness extends beyond our mistakes today, tomorrow. And thank you that you are faithful and true. In your name we pray. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today. And it is my hope that you'll join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.